Guys, welcome to the minefields. This will be out tomorrow, so today is technically for you minefielders. February 24th, uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine. Go. Just like yep. you said, it's, uh, we're getting into the third year of the plague and the first year of World War III, possibly. Possibly. Hopefully not. We're not going to put a big damper on anything with that, but we had a big conversation about yep. that earlier, and we just hope our... I don't know, personally, I just hope our country doesn't look like a bunch of fucking pussies. I think that's the problem. On, that's a, that's a, that is a big factor in why this is happening. There is, I think, a sentiment that since we pulled out of Afghanistan that uh, China's like, okay, let's fuss with Taiwan and see what they do. And, uh, you know, Biden's approval ratings are terrible and rampant inflation and, uh, you know, they're it's stuff like that. It's, you know, I think that this this has been a long time coming from Vladimir Putin, not Russia, but specifically from the premier for life uh, of the Russian premier. government. Yeah, this is a long thing. We went off on a whole thing about it. Do you feel any better informed after we went off on that tear earlier? No, because I, I knew all that already. Like uh, I, Oh, I, did you? Did you? Yes, I did. <laughs> there's a few gotcha. things. You, there's right. a couple little nuggets there. Um, but just to lighten yeah. the mood, it reminds me of a, a Simpsons episode when George when George H. Bush moved across the street from the Simpsons, and him and Homer, <laughs> him and Homer were duking it out, like literally duking it out in the street. And uh, uh, was it Barbara Bush is like, stop fighting, and I can't stop. And like right then. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev walks up with a housewarming present, and she's like, you stop fighting now. <laughs> and he's like, Bush is like, I can't. I can't show weakness in front of the Russians. <laughs> and she's like, you do, it. You, you do it now. And he's like, all right. And then Gorbachev is like, I came to drop by a warming of house present and instead find you fighting with local off. <laughs> And the local oaf. <laughs> and then and then he smiles and like whispers something to his driver and they point and laugh at him. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck. It's kinda of funny if if, if uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was going to move in to Springfield, I, I would think that's more of a King of the Hill episode. Mm. And I feel like they may have done something like that. I think George uh, W. Bush showed up in a King of the Hill episode, but I couldn't tell you. There was I know they were. there was a stink when uh, H. Bush said in a speech that America needs to be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. And, <laughs> and, and That's fantastic. The writers of the Simpsons, in retort, wrote an, a, a letter uh, to to the White House addressed to them and uh, even especially Barbara Bush from Marge about how she didn't like being disparaged and then she actually wrote back. <laughs> she she actually wrote back and, you know, said, hey, you know, sorry about my husband, that sort of thing. And, you know, like we, we do believe in American values and, you know, we you know hope you, you can do this or that with, with your, with your uh, platform. Yeah, and rather than take it in stride because you just got a fucking letter from the like the first lady of America, they they do the the fucking 
Bush moving in across the street and the feud between uh, Homer and... Yeah. But they, they started out with... Uh, the reason the feud started is because uh, H. Bush has a Dennis the Menace, Mr. Wilson relationship with Bart. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. It was... It was, it was so, some of the best gags they ever did were, were, were in this episode. And uh, anyway, you know... Uh, we're still Americans. It's okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fine. We'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. We'll, we will sometime, somehow we will get there. Tony, uh, been, what's our list? Yeah, well, Tony, you've been quiet tonight, man. What's up with you? Just listening in, just picking just, up pieces. Picking just, up the pieces. Make Tony read the list. Do you have the list? Tony does not. I have no list. He has not got the. Okay, yeah, I, have I didn't. The list. Have we're list. doing Robin number eleven, Task Force Z number five. DC versus Vampires, number 5 of 12. I didn't realize it was 12. But I'm pretty happy about that, actually. Uh, Refrigerator Full of yeah, Heads, number good. 4. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number 5. Superior 4, 1 through 2. Villains for Hire, number 1. And Cleburne, number 1. A graphic novel from Rampart Press from 2008, which I believe is a Civil War novella. Pretty much, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Are you clipping coupons? <laughs> I'm cutting up. Uh, how do I call? How do I explain this? You're working on we, your We've talked about my Star book. Trek cards before. Okay. I'm cutting out the Star Trek cards that I print out on uh, adhesive-backed paper to apply to common cards. Is the noise annoying? I will just stop. <laughs> no, it's, it's not annoying. I, I just, just, just tell everyone you're fucking scrapbooking. It's okay. Like, I'm scrapbooking. That's yeah. basically what I'm doing. I go to Marshalls and I pick up scrapbooking supplies and. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really want to see. I really want to see Colin as one of those like insane couponers that just goes in there and buys like two carts of stuff for twenty five cents. Yep. <laughs> You we have those. I could see. I Only at the Lego store, if I'm lucky. You will honor mm. this, and I want to speak yeah. to your manager. By the power of Grayskull, this coupon is valid. You will, order the, you will, you will honor this coupon. How do I don't we, care what year it expired in. Don't give a shit. <laughs> if the manager. library will take back this book after 54 years, you will honor this coupon. Awesome. Mm. My tea is cold. <clears throat> well, how are y'all's weeks, man? I'm, I got to think about that. I'm thinking about this next job. Uh, is a major job starting in one city and another major job starting in my city. And there's been a whole shifting of personnel. And my class went really well on Saturday. We had a really good class. I'm teaching props to some students. Uh, I don't know. Tony, what did you do? Worked. <laughs> yeah, I did go and see. I, I did go and see the Uncharted movie, though. Oh, really? How was that? Oh, it is good. Good. Like, That's at, great. Having having not fun. played any of the games, I, which upon watching the movie, I'm like, how have I not played these games yet? <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it made it was so good, it made me want to go out and buy the collection. Of games, how many are there? I didn't even know. uh, There's, I believe, at least four. I think there might be five because one's a spinoff. That's so unfortunate. I I did find out that it was a game, but at the same time, I remember seeing the ads and going, "Oh, look, Tom Holland, great!" And it's something that's not Spider-Man. Cool. 
because mm-hmm. I saw him in a very depressing movie when he was like a uh, wasn't maybe he was like twelve or something. Uh, uh, but uh, the piano was he in that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was called uh, How I Live Now, starring Sarsha Ronan, uh, who I love, Sarsha Ronan. Um, which is based off of a young adult novel about a nuclear war that hits England and these teenagers are, who are family are stuck dealing with the circumstances. Apparently there uh, are nine Uncharted games. Oh. So, yeah, what I'm getting at is that I didn't realize that it was based off of a video game, and I was disappointed. I thought it was a, a new thing. So it's not. Nothing is new. No. But it was it was good, man. Him and Mark Wahlberg play really well together, and cool. the whole cast is really pretty well done. Antonio Banderas plays the bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw him in the trailer. I'm yeah, still a big I, I didn't realize he was in it. Was he freaking? Was he too sexy? He's no. pretty sexy. And he unbuttons because it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently Josh has a crush on Antonio Banderas. No, you hey, just so don't do anything about Saturday Night Live. That's cool. You know I don't like. You know I I I I, I, I don't know if I like, I was drunk when I told this. Like yeah, you know, like someone asked me one time, why don't you ever date like Mexican girls? And I'm like, because I grew up with two over domineering, violent Mexican women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. maybe you're burned out on them. Like yeah. Jack, like Jack and Jack and uh, Tyler are saying in the movie. Maybe I don't need one. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what what in the in the movie was he looking for Bucho? He was looking for he was looking for uh, uh he was looking for gold. He's, pr- he's he's trying to protect a treasure or something, right? It's he, he's trying to find it. He's trying he's trying to get the treasure. He's not trying to protect oh, okay, anything. Gotcha. He just wants it. So he gotcha. uh that's that's when it yeah, calls. Yeah, they're looking for Magellan's gold. Magellan's gold. All right. So anywhere mm, across looking, the world. Looking for the looking for the money left over from the uh, Earthwild Netscape. See, I see a uh, missed opportunity to cast Tim Curry as an older Mister Hamulka from Congo, <laughs> helping him out. He is not doing so well. Yeah, he's physically in a bad way, but he's still making appearances because he loves his fan base and he knows they love him. And I, I, I'm pretty proud of him for that. I fucking love that guy. I've been yeah, a little, Tim I've Curry. Been love that guy forever. Yeah. No, Antonio Banderas. I'm looking forward to seeing. It. I think I'll end up seeing that with my son. Yeah, Uncharted. Like I said, we we, uh, we all enjoyed it. Freaking. My son gave it 39 out of 10. <laughs> How old is he? That's He'll be awesome. Seven next month. That's yes. That's a very seven-year-old uh, rating system right there. Shit, man. Seven-year-old kid rating system. It's yep. been, stars for you. Stars for you. Stars for you. It's been a year since we left the gym and, and uh, we went and got him a. You let me buy him an action figure. Oh, that's right. Oh, jeez. Uh, I remember that. You talked about that in one of the shows. Yeah. That was a good-ass day. Yeah. Let's do that again. Yeah, to get you to the gym. <laughs> I went three times this week already. Three? Mm. Yeah. Dang, dude. Well, you got House of M to defend. I saw the card came out today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. 
for the love of God. It's gonna be I, okay. I am a I am a faction unto myself. It's ridiculous. It'll be Sheesh. all right. It'll be it. Rick, you know, <laughs> it, 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 like the, the, the ridiculous. Cherry, the cherry on the top is uh, the SCP minefield portraits are fucking everywhere right now. I did mm. see that. They are. I did fucking, see that. They are fucking everywhere. The, the all, of any of the of the posts I've ever done of batches, those ones are fucking everywhere. Pretty fucking proud of it. That's, we did that shit, man. We showed up. And we fucking rocked the place. Love SCP. <laughs> Have faith in thine, Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faction of one. Actually, that's that needs to be the back of the shirt. Faction of one. I'll be, that's part, of your, I'll be part of your faction. Like I, I would love to be a haha character. Like what am no, I? No, sorry. We 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 got we got a one Josh only rule. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's no homers. You're allowed to have one. <laughs> um, exactly. Go back to the Simpsons. I, I, I want to do the I want to do the Snake Plissken thing. Like we're like I don't know if a lot of people realize, but he is absent from almost all of the battles in. Uh, um, Escape from tr- New York. It's big trouble in Little China. Like the, when the big battle starts off, he puts one bullet in the air, brick falls in his head, and he's knocked the fuck out for like three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Three quarters of the fucking battle. <laughs> the only thing he got was he put the uh, the knife between uh, what's his name's uh, one of the best actors. Low pan. Low the, between the eyes of Low pan. One of the best actors of all yeah. time. And he like the, doesn't he have like that dude have like the fucking Guinness record for like most movies in, ever. It's huge. I can't think of the guy's name, but I just saw somebody posting like a an, an appreciation post uh, uh, on one of my uh, fan sites. That would be James um, Hong. That sounds about right. James yeah. Hong. Apparently, a very well liked guy. He's in fucking every. He was even in uh, Malcolm in the Middle. He has been in four hundred and thirty movies. No no no, wow. no, 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 let me rephrase that. I'm looking at the wrong thing. James he was Hong, in an episode of Seinfeld I watched the other day. Yes, he was. He was in the uh, Chinese restaurant one, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, he's been more than 600 films, TV shows, and video games. His career began in the 1950s when he redubbed soundtracks for several Asian films. Noise. <coughs> Noise. Here's Noise. James Hong. Here's to James Hong. Yeah, he's in everything, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got a good Litsky. What do you guys got to talk about before we start getting to the list? The list of outside of current events, uh, there's it's hard not to go into that. But uh, so I'm going to just say no. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I watched Amy Wong's new stand-up performance, her special on Netflix. Have you guys watched that? Amy Wong. I'm not. Never heard of her. Oh, dude, she was awesome. She uh, <coughs> she was the uh, I don't know the I guess the head writer or developer for the show uh, Always Be My Maybe, which came out a few years ago and did very well. I have not seen it. Is that uh, a real name? Yeah. Because the first thing I type in is Amy Wong. We get Futurama. Oh, is it the one from Futurama? Yeah. Dude, if I'm saying the wrong name, I'm going to be very embarrassed. Uh, 1999. Amy Wong is the character from. Damn, how racist was that? 
that was unintentional. Was that unintentionally racist? Asian American men are very underrated. She's pregnant. No, that was from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But that's still the same chick. Then it's Amy Wong. Okay, God bless America. I did not screw up that bad. And then this one. Only Don other Wong. married people with kids Don Wong, that's can the new empathize one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with the deep and really, I feel it was towards legitimately you. Funny. Single. Uh, I really liked it. Dude, yeah. why, why didn't you just fucking log into my Netflix and add it to mine so I can watch it too? I will. Yeah, I log into the our account all of the time. So, yeah, a lot of people have been talking about that, but a lot of people have been talking about that new Chainsaw Massacre. But like, they're not really saying anything super, like it, like really great about it. But when they get down to it, they're like, it doesn't matter. It's more Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and it's weird because, like, okay, so I did that Sex Pistols show this summer, and it still hasn't come out because they were in litigation over the use of their music because uh, John Liddell, who is, of course, you know, one John of the main Rotten. Sex Pistols, yeah, uh, was pitching a fit about it. But we filmed a scene what did you guess? It, when we when they were doing the American uh, the American tour part of the show that I got to work in on because the rest of it happens in London or in England. Um, what did you do? Step on is, a mouse uh, and he saw it. And... What? No, we we actually got to do a screening of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a drive-in theater in Texas. And uh, so it was kind of crazy to have that like blasted up on a screen and having to watch and rewatch and rewatch the same horribly violent stuff over and over again. And it's funny because the actors who were all super stand up kids, really nice guys for playing a bunch of like, you know, drugged out psychos. Uh, they had never seen it. They're like, we don't get this kind of violence in the UK. Like, it was just funny. And so they were just mesmerized by it. And then they were like, then they had to hop in the bus and do the whole performance. Welcome when you guys watch this thing, ultimately, it's a limited series. It'll be coming out on FX, uh, I believe, this year. And, uh, yeah, that, that piece that I just mentioned will be in there. So I've actually got it on my list of things to do this weekend is rent your uh, movie with um – What's his name? The the Chargers movie. Uh no the uh, the Rams. Um, the Rams. The Rams. Uh, yeah. American Underdog. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's just it's a feel Box. good movie. Yeah. Anna Paquin. She was really really fantastic. Zachary Levi. That's who it is. Yeah. I got lots Shazam. and lots of tales to tell about that. Shazam. In fact, he was bulking up. He he had bulked up for this role and he looked really good, but he was continuing to bulk up so that he could like really appropriately fill out the suit for Shazam too. Yeah, I saw that they're not like I, one of the things I really loved about Shazam was that I could tell that he was cut, but there was a lot mm-hmm. of pads to it, and I really liked the cheesiness yep. of it, and that they eliminated eliminated that for the next one. But no, why yeah. not? We've got yeah. a lot of kick ass movies this year. We've got Doctor Strange, we've got Shazam, we've got Morbius. Um, oh, yeah, I want to see Morbius. We got Morbius. Hopefully it'll come out this year. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know they pushed John Wick 4 back to fucking next year? That should have been they? Yeah, that should have been out. That should have been out May in 2020. Like, it, it was supposed to premiere on the same day that The Matrix was supposed to premiere. 
uh, in May really? in 2020, and they pushed it back even farther because of fucking COVID. And they like what they. they I don't think anybody's ever going to say anything but fucking COVID. Like, oh, dude, that has COVID. just like the entertainment industry was virtually shattered by that. Top Gun still hasn't come out. You remember we're all sitting there going like, when is Wonder Woman going to come out? And it gets pushed and pushed and pushed, and they're like, okay, we're just going to split it. Movie theaters and streaming, don't get sick. And then, like, what, Black Widow? We were waiting for that forever? Yep. Mm. Mm. I don't know. What did you guys end up thinking about Black Widow? I loved it, man. I thought it was great. One of the, yeah. I thought the, the opening scene was probably one of the most intense things I think they've done in a Marvel movie yet. Florence Pugh. See, you're saying that, and I can't even remember it. I can't remember the opening sequence. I remember lots and lots of other little bits and pieces about that movie. And I'm, I just, it's one of those things I'm like, I need to just get it and watch it all over again. Uh, it's got David Harbour in it, man. Like, he's my second favorite. Yeah, actor. for real. Uh, like, I, he, he's awesome, but I hated the way they made the Red Guardian. I just, like, the Red Guardian seems like a character I'd want to take seriously. No, I took him seriously, but I could see how he was washed up, locked in a gulag for so long. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's David Harbour, man. Like, I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers. He's a he's a badass <laughs> mother, he's a badass motherfucker, man. I love him in Stranger Things. I even saw his Frankenstein adaptation on uh, on YouTube. Um, and then of course, let me one, go one farther and tell you he's in Casino Royale, the first uh, David or uh, he, uh, Daniel Craig, the first Daniel Craig James Bond movie. Yes, he's in that. He's also in one of the most fucked up episodes of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Really? Yeah, he's a doll collector, if that hints on anything. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, man. Like, as in, like, like mommy had him collecting. Mommy dolls? No, more like, you know, the porcelain Annabelle-looking dolls. Mm. And creepy, creepy, them. super duper creepy. Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome in that. Mm. What, do got, what do we got first, man? I say we do Robin first. Do it. I say we do Robin. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to take a point on Robin. Oh. Let me pull this bitch up, man. This was just gorgeous. Like, I love the fact that the artwork is getting more and more anime-esque. Uh, I, I, like, as, like, hearkening to his love of anime. Uh, they, they dug deep. Like, I'm surprised this is issue 11. Because everything that happened in here should have been an issue 12 or an issue 6 or 25 or a, or a 100. Um, like, all the exposition that they've done with developing the characters, uh, developing Damien as his own individual person was just exercised to perfection in this. And I remember turning the page and getting that big aha moment. And, and guys, uh, obviously, you know, we, we talk about spoilers, but not to be spoiler-ass people because we want to talk about why the book is good. But one of the biggest, like, oh, my God moments I ever saw, and while I'm, like, balls deep and enjoying the fact that this this Robin book, because I've read a few, if, I'm going to freeze that, I have tried to read multiple different Robin spinoffs, miniseries, and they all suck. The only one that I kind of liked was the one that came out after Enduring Nightfall. And even then, that was Tim Drake, who is my least favorite fucking Robin. Uh, but then I realized mm-hmm. I'm going through this book, and it, like the the aha moment I had for I mean I mean I mean just I'm going full split ahead. 
I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying every panel. Everything is executed beautifully. Uh, the emotions, uh, the flow. Um, and when he's like, you're not going to mess with me and my friends. And uh, Talia is like, friends? And then it, uh, it wasn't the light bulb turning on that Robin had friends, you know, being the, the, the lone nut job, uh, was the fact that they, within 11 books, they have made it as fun as the old school Wolverine books were like uh, post Claremont and I'm not talking about Claremont and Frank Miller, the, the, the one, the, the four. Oh, you see it? No, 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 I'm talking about... Oh, yeah, 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 I know the one. Your special, yeah, the special uh, special edition no, one, I'm, sure. Yeah, I'm not talking about mm-hmm. Frank Miller limited and, edition and Claremont. Ones. No, I'm not talking about those ones. The ones that, like, the, the first mm-hmm. long-lasting ones were, uh, where he first starts out as Patch in Ma- Madripoor. And, uh-huh. and uh, that he has his, within 11 books, he's got his own rogues gallery. A shitload of them. And they're all cool. Yeah. And he's got his own, like, cool buddies Exclusive to this book, the the fake Spawn Deadpool asshole, his new girlfriend, what's her name? Um, um, tell me flatline, her. flatline, flatline. Mm-hmm. Uh, character development. We finally heard her. We finally learned her real name. Oh yeah, I'm looking back at this. This is awesome. Like Rachel Ghoul, like looking at his mother. Chained up. I wish you were never born. He's like, he's looking at her like, bitch, you've said this a million times before. You're going to die. I'm going to bring you back. <laughs> like, it, it's, it, this is a continuous thing. The, uh, the League of, uh, what I was about to Shadows? Say, I was about to say League Shadows. of Nations. I was about to say League of Nations. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? No, League of League Nations. League of Shadows. One of the worst League of Shadows. WWE things that ever happened. Yeah. You know, they disband, and now they're just... What do they call them now? Just, I'm terrible with names, man. Now they're just, what, the League or the Shadows? Let me find League of Lazarus uh, is the other one. Yep. League of Shadows and League of Lazarus. League of Assassins. League of Lazarus. There will only be (laughs) the Shadows. And each of you has a one-time offer to join us. If you leave now, you will be considered enemies, but sleep on it. Raish Ghoul, I mean, what did you think, Tony, about Raish just like being like a a bit player in this? I don't mind him being a bit player, but it's like this isn't Raish Ghoul. No, like it's not. This the, the Raish Ghoul is always under control. He always he's been alive for thousands of years. Like he knows he's always ten steps ahead of everybody. And you're gonna you're gonna tell me that he's just like at the end of the day he's you know kind of a mama's boy like this just doesn't I, I can see this just doesn't work this is that that part doesn't work for me at all I can see your displeasure in it uh, the reason I liked it was the fact that none of none of these eleven books required a superhero team up to beef the book up or trick anyone into buying it like with Darkhawk and Miles Dude, Miles I love that. Up. Like, it, it didn't require yeah. any of it. Like, all of it was just pushed the story. Like, uh, like we had the Bat family for, like, what, an issue and a half, pretty much? Mm-hmm. And all it was was just to uh, add more um, trust in Damien's uh, gut feeling. And, you know, just he's out there. He might not be, you know, old enough to drink, but 
you know, like, we got to trust him, whatever, go do your thing. Uh, I remember you called me that one time, like, yo, uh, next Robin's pretty heavy, be, you know, be ready. <laughs> like, and, uh, it, but it wasn't like, you know, oh my God, like, you know, fucking Miles Morales is going to show up in, in the new Darkhawk book that's going to make it better. No, it had nothing to do with that. And, and again, to harken back what I was saying, like, we've, the only other missed opportunity I thought was if they were going to take the story anywhere else to keep it going for another 12 issues is where I, that one issue where I thought they went back in time. Mm-hmm. I would have loved mm. it for uh, the uh, similar vibration, but parallel uh, for Damien's transition from a kid that wants to be a vigilante to as good as the bat rather than travel the world and learn from, you know, the world's best assassins and martial artists. But why not travel through time trying to get back home, steadily growing up and learning from God knows who? Like, the, it would have been one of the few time travel stories I would have been invested in. But uh, that didn't pan out. But even then, like... Dude, yeah. And then, again, this is issue 11, Colin, and the caper's over. They defeated everybody. He gets the girl. Mm-hmm. We add a little bit more extra to what Robin is when um, the girlfriend's, you know, she says her, my name is Nika. She's, she's asking, why, why manga? Like, because he's reading, like, uh, have you ever read Naruto or, 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 or oh, yeah. have you ever read Naruto or, or watched Naruto before? No, his, I've, I've stayed away from it. His trainer's always reading this manga called Make Out City. Like, like it's a, like, like he's, <laughs> like, like, he's obsessed yeah. with, with, uh, like Japanese manga romance novels. And uh-huh. it was just kind of a lark, you know? But, uh, like, yeah. why this? And he's like, I found it. I found it, and it wasn't something I really enjoyed, but I grew to like it. But the reason I liked it was because it was mine. Everything else that I am has been given given to me. Yeah? Has been given to me, and this was mine. I I found this. That's a nice character moment. That's cool. It it, it was wonderful. He's sharing it there. They're they're, they're by the water, and, and, and you and I have talked about this multiple times throughout the years that I've known you. Uh, about that when a story ends and uh, like particularly X-Men you know a story Mm -hmm. a long story ends and we get that big party scene and then you know of course the the next villains are lurking in the shadows and we we, we get that but uh, we get a solid party scene man like we get a solid party Mm -hmm. scene it's it's wonderful and uh, again back to you know Damien just being Damien but he's like going back to, to Gotham and She's like, you going to go, you know, see your father? She does the, the, the bat things, and he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, right. No, there's something else I want to do. And he's got a, um, a vial of the Lazarus resin, and he's like, I got something else to do. And it flashes to a stormy, rain-drenched, lightning-infused, dark Gotham, like, uh, cemetery. And we see it ends with Krakakum with a splash page of the, the gravestone of Alfred Pennyworth, mentor, friend, and father. Shoot! Really? So, it, it wasn't like, the, the bad guys weren't looming like, you know, Damon, I'm gonna get you, I'm waiting for you to do this. No, it wasn't like, like, it, it's, it's, it's expounding on this wonderful thing that I really like about what they're doing with Damien is that he's a complete fuck-up. 
He's really good at a lot yeah. of things, but he's also really good at always fucking up. And he's about to go make things really worse because technically, Tony, am I correct in this? He's responsible for breaking the rules of the city of Bane, Bat family showing up, and he promised he would make them pay. He caught. Yeah, Bane. he's the one. He's the one that got caught sneaking into town. Yes, and he got captured. And they killed Alfred in front. Uh, Bane killed Alfred himself yeah. in front of Damien, and Damien had uh, to sit there and watch him die. Yep, mm. and, and it was basically his fault. Like he broke the rules. He got caught. He and now he's gonna go do something even worse. And I, this is where I really need your help on this, uh, Tony, because we've got the Lazarus resin. They they, they gave us even, and this is just makes me just love DC comics even more of how, cause we talk about what's Canon, what's not Canon. They even mention this is fucking Canon. <laughs> like in, in, in the editorial, <laughs> in the editorial notes, uh, that, you know, we're seeing Lazarus, Lazarus resin everywhere within pages of suicide squad within task force Z. Um, you know, like check it out. This is Canon. Um, now we know where it's come from. We know that, Amanda Waller, you know, uh, this is where I need you to take over, man. Like, what are your thoughts on the where they're taking this Lazarus resin? And if you can give us a a brief timeline of what we've experienced with the Lazarus resin. Well, as far as I know, as far as the resin goes, it actually debuted in a future state with Robin Eternal. Because Tim Drake actually is trying to destroy it. And ends up getting covered in it, and is basically he's covered in so much of it that he basically cannot die, no matter what you do to him. Whoa. And that's a lot of what the issue, the thing is with the resin is it's all dependent from what I understand of it is that um, the effects of the re- resin that it reanimates dead tissue, but it's all based on the amount you get as to how um how permanent the effects are you know in a you know drenched in enough you're immortal forever you get enough it'll reanimate dead tissue but you're basically a zombie so in theory you get enough you're back to being alive you live out the rest of your life blah 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 but the thing is, as we have yet to truly discover how much is enough to get you back to your full mental capacity, to get your body back mm-hmm. to where mm-hmm. you can, you know, you're fully reanimated and um, to get you back to where your bones and your muscles and your, your, your mental capacity is where it needs to be for you to live a full, healthy life. We know it's doable but we don't know that finite amount to get you there without going too far. Now, to the best of your knowledge, is it the exact stuff that's within the Lazarus pits, or is it something different that's been altered? I believe it's definitely been altered because it's definitely... It's not just from the pit. It's not just the water from the pit. We're not sure what is freaking added to it yet, but... It's definitely been um, – it's definitely gone through a manufacturing process. Right. 
what else do we know um, before we get into Task Force Z? Um, that's as far as the resin goes. That's pretty much it. You know, we know that, like I said, that's what they've been using to reanimate uh, the corpses of the members of Task Force Z. Um, we know, you know, they they've tested it out on other people. But other than that, we're really, you know, eventually it, it was utilized to uh, in the in the magistrates in in future state. But that was, you know, five years down the road, basically, from what if I recall properly. Now, the one thing that really stuck out to me was to ask you to make sure, like, what the hell is this shit? Second off, is it been diluted? And then third off. When uh, they mention in Task Force Z that they that Two Face and his cronies now you know deposed of you know actually being federally funded or recognized at all even as a secret organization um, that they've been diluting it. Yeah, they don't have they don't have enough. They don't have as much as they once did. And that is, you know, they're having to dilute it. And by diluting it, obviously the effects aren't as prominent as they once were. So they need to get, they need to get more. And while the, it, it seems like, you know, the thought process would be simple enough to get to one of the Lazarus pits and go from there, you know, since the, uh, since we don't know who's actually manufacturing the resin in and of itself, they don't know how to, how to make it you know how many uh lazarus pits are there if you if you say that i've never heard of it put like that i thought there was only one um they're all over the world but they um i think from what i understand i think they have a finite uh you can only use them so often before they basically dry up oh and wow. I, I don't okay. know how many there are in any given point i i mean okay so in, my experience with Batman stories is occasionally picking up something and I'm definitely not keeping up, but there's a lot of bat content, not as much as X content. God bless us all. But <laughs> yeah. like, what is the concept behind the Lazarus pit? Is this an, let's, let's take a second and say something about that. Is it, is it like an alien thing that was left on this earth thousands and millions of years ago? Is it magic? Is it Lazarus pits witchcraft? Are- Lazarus pits are composed of a unique, unknown com- chemical blend that bubbles up somewhere within the mm. Earth's crust to the surface at key points on Earth, typically at the junction of key lines. The substance oh, possesses okay. the ability to rejuvenate the sick, injured, and even resurrect the dead. The pits also decrease the age of the user depending on how long they stay submerged in the pit. If a healthy mm-hmm. person goes in the pits, they will be killed in most instances. In addition to the pits' regenerative uses, their power has also been used as weapons. When Nyssa confronts the Injustice Society, she claims that the staffs wielded by her soldiers channel the power of the Lazarus Pits. In the New 52, the Lazarus Pits formula is a tainted variation of a chemical called Dionysium, which is is capable of perfectly healing wounds, resurrecting the dead, and even giving of superpowers. Dionysium is also responsible for the supervillain Vandal Savage, the Talons who work for the Court of Owls, and at one point the Joker, and are they referring to New 52 Joker being like a fucking like a 
Tyler Durden idea that just exists throughout the the centuries. Oh, okay, okay, right on. Uh, new Fifty Two. Uh, let's see. It's and the Dionysium was actually one of the uh, the medals they had to put in Batman during one point to make him into the portal for the Dark Knight's metal story right. to bring forth Barbados and the uh, the Batman who laughs in his Dark Knights. First appearance, Batman number 232. Tony, do you have that? That's a while ago. I don't have that one yet, no. You should put that on that list. I might have to. Something like this that seems so not Batman and then becomes so intrinsically Batman, you know? Like, this isn't running around Gotham City. This is like, hey, we're taking a deep dive into the origins of Batman and the League of Shadows and ninjutsu and all of this stuff. You know, when when did that issue come out? To What did you say? It was two... To what? 220? 232, and they're currently in uh, 1,054 as of this week. Holy crap. Batman 232. Yeah, the oldest one I have is, I think, 226, which is the first appearance of Ten-Eyed Men. 1971. That's when Batman 232 came out. That's awesome. That's 50 50 years ago. Yeah. My dad is 13 years old. Uh, yeah, it's it just it bewilders me that something that is that uh, oh look at that something that is that uh, speaking of Batman, my girlfriend was just texting me something about Robert or uh, yeah Robert Pattinson um, breaking down his iconic characters, and I'm like, dude, you haven't even played, you haven't even like released this Batman movie yet. Uh, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it just it blows my mind that something that's very unlike everything else he has going on becomes something that is such a huge part of his pantheon of storytelling, you know? No, and I appreciate us going into that. That was a lot. And I, I love your insight that, you know, it seemed very un-Batman, but now it is. But I, I disagree. Mm-hmm. It's all it did was add to why Batman is so good, and that's because of his rogues gallery. And these, his rogues gallery can stand yeah. on their own two feet. I mean, like, Tony... They, they really can. It, it, Tony, if they did a Rachel Ghoul uh, comic book, we'd be all about it. <laughs> I think they did. Uh, I feel like they ago. did. Oh, Pretty I'm positive. Sure, I'm sure they've done... I, I'm sure they have done it, but I'm just talking about, like, if they... Right now, if, like, you know, like... I'm like, I, I, I called you up and, like, yo, Rachel Ghoul, number one, next week. Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> like, no, no question. I'd at least give it a shot, yeah. No, Please give it a shot. Even if we were told Batman's not in it, I, and I, I really love the fact that, and I got a kick out of it. Uh, I don't know if you guys did. Uh, maybe Colin, I'm not sure if uh, Tony, you've seen Darkman, but the fact that Rachel Gold was played by Liam Neeson, who was Darkman, mm-hmm. just bringing himself back in different forms. I, I got such a kick out of it, man. Especially, nice. especially how calm he was. And I'm not doing a transition to Darkman. I'm going to do that on, on, on my own separate uh, I do have to say... I really feel like... Re- yeah, not not transitioning. I really feel like rereading that novelization of the movie. I, that I, was so good. I have everything Darkman now. I've got uh, uh, yeah. movies two and three on the way. I'll have an extra copy of Darkman number one if you guys want one because I've got the VHS, but the uh, in order to get 
two and three, I had to buy a trilogy set that had one in it, and I already bought one. Um, <laughs> Happens. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shit, I, like, the only time I've ever made too much noise uh, was I was watching Darkman for, like, the eighth time this, this week. And it's that, that scene where, the pink elephant scene. Where that fucking Carney didn't give him the pink elephant he won for his girlfriend. Pink elephant, now! <laughs> and uh, he's getting madder and madder, and the Carney pokes him with his two fingers, and he bends them oh, backwards right. and breaks his arm at the mm-hmm. same time, and the Carney starts, Wah! and the, like they zoom in like all Sam Raimi style on his face, and then it goes to the girlfriend just screaming maniacally, and then it goes to, to of course, Darkman screaming, and then like a text message, yeah. like, hey man, you want to? Can you lower that a little bit? I'm like, the next the next day, I was like, was it some weird maniacal screaming you heard? And he's like, yeah, it got real loud all of a sudden. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, Task Force Z, man, like, uh, let's hear it, man. Like, how much fun did you have reading this? Uh, it's been really good so far, man. I've really enjoyed it. Freaking, you know, it's always good to. I'm a big Two Face fan and. Seeing Two Face actually ending up getting a pretty decent role, let alone freaking playing opposite Amanda Waller. Ooh. You know, we you know, it's a, it's a good time. That was the juice, man. And it's funny; it reminded me of watching Peacemaker because we it's just we barely saw Amanda Waller. She was like on a telecom screen and in an earpiece, and it was just enough because God, I love that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone the fact they brought it back a zombified Deadshot, which is awesome. Yeah. Freaking, you know, they're in this, you know, they're tra- they're trying to find out, you know, they're, you know, they got sent here by Two-Face to get this mission going, and they end up running into this basically other Task Force Z. And freaking, we've got, you know, we got Zaz in here, we got the KG Beast, we've got freaking uh, Solomon Grundy, which... Uh, yeah, like he's been a zombie beast. the whole effing time. So, I'm not really sure how he fits in because he's too little, too you know, little too on the nose, I suppose. I've been really waiting to ask you: Is that Swamp Thing in the big giant vat of chemicals? Uh, We're talking like page like six. Two Face with two, with Two Face and the clone. No, that, that's a, that's zombified Bane. In in the in the juice like in in the in the fat? juice that's that's Bane yeah okay all right I was thinking that that's, was a, a hint for something later no that's totally that's zombified Bane because he keeps uh, you know Jason's kind of made it a point Red Hood's kind of made it a point to kill him at every opportunity since he's going to get brought back anyway you know we see uh we see that you know Two Face enter the chop shop their headquarters. And the uh, the twins slash clones are playing chess with a monkey, randomly, <laughs> you know, as you do. Yes, of course. And we we see that big old Vatabane getting brought back little by little, mm. as they're kind of apparently they're giving him enough stuff to get you know grow him, you know, grow him back. I think uh, last time I saw him, I think <laughs> he was a. Uh, I think they shot him off a they off a off building. building. Yeah, they shot him off the building because. Like, hey, Red Hood just couldn't help himself. Yeah. He still, he still killed Alfred. That's still a sore spot. Yeah. As it should be. But, yeah, we see the rest of Task Force Z taking on 
everybody else inside this uh, this other facility, both the uh, both the army there as well as the other task force Z. You know, they end up uh, taking out the lights so Sundowner can come out. And at the end of the day, we see the uh, the doctor, who's another clone. Either she's the original or she's another a third clone. And her and uh, Mr. Bloom get away. And Bloom's just like, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I, you know, if you're, you're going to get out of this alive, you need me. Otherwise, you're screwed. And love, apparently she takes the deal, whatever the deal is. I love the fact that he's politicking. Like, everyone else is just mindless violence. And, you know, we don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. Someone just please start fighting. And But Bloom, of all people, he's he's playing the different angle. And, and I, I, love, I love his characterization here, the way they um, personify him, the way they draw him. He... he He's gorgeous. Like he's just—he's uh, fucking creepy as shit. He's got a flower on his face. Like it, 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 like it, this is when I texted you. Like, hey, we should do a book on uh, uh, the, the, what we were talking about, uh, thinking about writing about. Obviously, we're not going to say it on, on air, but that's what I was. Like. I was just looking at this, and I was like, I thought about two other different pairings. I was like, yeah, we should we should fucking do that shit. Uh. But yeah, the whole thing with Bloom is that a he's not as he's not zombified, no. And freaking b we don't know we don't know why he's here. Like he apparently is volunteering for this, and we really haven't seen too much of him because he's a character that debuted in the uh, in the New Fifty Two era. So he's he doesn't have that much backstory. He was around for maybe six months. And then freaking, we hadn't heard from him since. Like he's not a he's he's not a character with a outstanding library to go back to. Right. Like I probably legitimately just via kismet have every single comic book he's ever appeared in. He was part of that big riddle thing, right? No, he was. Um, the whole joke with him was he was basically a drug pusher. He basically gave people pills that made them give them superpowers for a while, but it, it burnt you out. Like it would just, you know, you had powers for a while and then when everything wore off, you were dead. This makes me think that they're tying like, cause everything's tying in really well. Like we're reading not every DC book, but quite a goddamn few of them. Um, the way they're tying in Lazarus resin, um, in, I'm thinking about the what happened in Detective this week with uh, the Party Crashers. There's there's mm-hmm. a new, there's a new drug. Um, Waller is obviously like there. If you're not reading Suicide Squad, um, um, Waller's preparing to go off world and take control of another planet or another yeah yeah. And she for some an alternate re- Earth an alternate Earth. She for some reason it's important to tie up some loose ends here. Like, I mean, if you, I'd figure if you're about to leave this dimension to an alternate Earth, you're not going to give a fuck what you leave behind here. Um, but this is important. I wonder if he's uh, her, uh, you know, ace in the hole. Because, you know, like you said earlier, she's always ten steps ahead. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, this could, I mean, she's definitely, she's got her hand in some interesting pies lately. 
and freaking but like she's she's hitting a bunch of different things at the time so it's kind of it's interesting to see where she's going to go long term with it we never know man but this is uh, I had a lot of fun with this book man Uh, conspiracy theories aside torture scene with some evil ruski Uh, we got Deadshot taking a fucking kill kill shot from um, said evil ruski well, yeah, we got uh, we got Mr. Bloom over here talking with Doctor. Uh, let's see, which doctor is this? Because he's trying to get, he's trying to you know figure out something, and they're like, you know, we saved you from death, and he's just like debatable, you know. But he's trying. He again, like you said, he's trying to talk politics, and he's trying to get. Looks like he's trying to find out more information on the uh, the Lazarus resin, and you know we're they're basically like you no, know, nobody knows how to put it to how to recreate their work, and he's like maybe I can help you with that. You know I have a man who has access, and she's like what does that mean or who is this man you're talking of, you know this man, and she he just presents her the severed head of Man Bat. Oh that was gnarly. Yeah, just pour a bunch of it into Ooh, it, well. get it back. <clears throat> Uh, question: uh, Is that a dead Mister Freeze we see at the end here at this beautiful splash page? Uh, because I'm confused because Freeze just picked up a gun in the pages of a Detective. Yeah, definitely. It looks like it's freaking. We got Two Face. We got reanimated Bane, and definitely what appears to be a dead Mister Freeze. Yeah, it, the. The, the I see the liver spots. It's he's not all clean and cold. But even then, yeah. if, he's, if he's dead, what does he need the fucking freeze suit for? Yeah, you're not wrong. Maybe <laughs> it's just for aesthetics. So you know, funny. I mean, heck, we found you know we recently found out that Bane's still alive in the page Joker. So I mean, maybe not. Maybe not all the all the continuity isn't isn't adding up like we thought it once was. Speaking of uh, Mr. Freeze, I rewatched uh, Batman and Robin the other day, and uh, holy shit, that was a bad movie, but it was an excellent bad movie. Oh, dude. It was an, I loved it. It was an, <laughs> ex- it was an excellent bad movie. There were so many plot holes, but uh, it was Arnold, man. It was Arnold. Did, did you dig it? I mean, every line was a line. Why not? It's like, can't be Batman. Like, you forgot that, you know, Batman used to be fucking... Absolutely ridiculous. I read a really good article uh, this week talking about who was the best Batman cinematically uh, in terms of what they got right uh, and uh, about the, like, the, okay. key, the key tropes about Batman mm-hmm. that uh, need to be addressed. Number one that they addressed was the detective aspect of Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton reads through Jack Napier's files sees that he was schooled in chemistry, even though he was, you know, a delinquent. Um, you know, okay, like, you know what, someone give him a fucking scholarship, and then he started to go back on the streets. Um, yeah. And, uh, like, and then he figures out, like, you know, like, without any showing, uh, without showing it at all, uh, Keaton figures out, you know, it's not, it's not just one thing, it's a mixture of things, and here's, here's the code. They didn't show it. Um, they... There was no detective aspects to anything about Val Kilmer or George Clooney at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they landed on Christian Bale 
uh, with the technology he used to, you know, reproduce that fucking um, thumbprint from bullet. Shattered Bullet. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All the stuff with Lucius Fox uh, that, that, that landed on the best. When they talked about the bat body, they talked about how it landed on Adam West because it was just spandex. It was just, it wasn't, it wasn't the big juiced up body that Christian Bale had to have. Mm, okay. uh, it was pure West. It's a good point. He must've had a good figure. I don't even know. Yeah. And, uh, there was mm. a lot of other little, they had a lot of really good points. It was a cracked article, I think of all places, which, uh, I don't know yeah. if, if for our listeners, if you ever accidentally fall into a fucking clickbait, like rabbit hole with cracked, uh, their articles are usually pretty decent. Uh, they're not click, cl- they're clickbaity, but not clickbait. But if if you really enjoy it, you should look up the history of Crack Magazine. It was actually a uh, ripoff of Mad Magazine that was often more funny and way more gross. Did you guys ever pick up an is- episode issue of Cracked? When I, I feel like I totally did, but yeah, I mean, it was just like something you grabbed and. Yeah, looked at at the store. It wasn't. I don't think I ever paid for more than maybe two. They didn't. They didn't. Are you just stolen? That's cool. I, I can support that. No. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, that's me. That's totally <laughs> me stealing magazines. Uh, their uh, their mascot uh, wasn't Alfred e. Newman. It was uh, Smythe, the uh, the janitor. He was always. He's got a br- a broom mm. or, or a mop. But what do you got left for uh, Task Force Z, there, brother? Oh, well, that was pretty much it, man. You know, we came at the end there. We got, you know, zombified Bane. We got zombified Mister Freeze, and we got Two Face. You know, and, a, and we got a we got a shot. We got Deadpool, or yeah, Deadshot sacrificing Dead shot. himself for freaking Red Hood. Because I mean, you know, Deadshot was never afraid to die anyway. You know, the whole thing originally was that he had a, you know. He was kind of suicidal. He had a death wish. You know, he didn't care if he died, which is why he came back to constantly came back to the Suicide Squad and why he was one of the few uh, recurring characters over the years. The one thing I want to end on here is, that of course, we see uh, exponentially pissed off Amanda Waller. For a woman that has a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan in an extra dimension backup plan, why are you so mad? Just move on to the next thing. Calm the fuck down. Have a drink. You've got access to all these drugs. Relax. Love that one. <laughs> she relaxes. The bad guys win. If she did take a can't, fucking... Can't t- you can't take a day off when you're Amanda Waller. That's how she got to where she is. That's a good point. Be pissed off all the time. Mm. Have a really hot... Really hot... Daughter from Peacemaker. Gosh, she that woman was hot in that movie. I mean, TV show. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, I digress. <laughs> Gentlemen, what's next? We got uh, Colin. Give us uh, give us Superior. Superior four one through two. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a. Heady concept that has, uh, it's only two issues deep, but it's um, its nothing that if you're a sci-fi person you haven't seen before or wondered about. 
And it's fascinating because, uh, God, how do I get at this? You remember when Jet Li started getting popular in the U.S. after Lethal Weapon 4 and uh, some other stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, uh, you know, you've got this dude, uh, You like, right after that started happening, he was in a movie called The One. And it was, one, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a lot of people saw that, and... It was really, and it was a cool premise. It was really entertaining, and uh, I, I don't know why they didn't make more of them. Really, just uh, maybe just didn't make a ton of money or something. The but, two, uh, the three. Yeah, I don't know the you know the one square one, uh, some other type like additive title, the one return to the megaverse or whatever the crap you know. But like, yeah. So the concept uh, for the mind builders was that. Yeah, there's all these different versions of us and all these different realities, but like the uh, the character in the one, he was a good guy cop, and he knew that a bad guy version of him was coming around, was going to come into his universe and try to kill him. Every time he killed uh, the other versions of him, he got more powerful. And like so Highlander. I feel like, yeah, a little bit Highlander y kind of. Um, so Superior 4 is built around the sequence of stuff that's going on in the Devil's Reign storyline. And, uh, you know, so Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, has outlawed superheroes in New York City. And he's made the Thunderbolts his, his squad of uh, enforcers. And they're going out and capturing all these guys. But he, he let Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus into the Fantastic Four's home, and they found a dimensional, or he found a dimensional doorway. And of course, he's playing Wilson for everything that he can, but now that he has all this crazy, you know, Reed Richards tech, like I say, he's, he's like, he's exploding in his capabilities. So uh, he's looking into these other realities. He's finding other versions of himself. So he found an Auto Howlet that is a octopus Wolverine. He found an auto banner, which is a Hulk version of himself. And then he found a blaze. So he's got a ghost rider version of himself and he's pushing these guys around. Like they're the, uh, uh, what was the squad that he had? Like they're the sinister six or like they are the, uh, the return of the sinister six or whatever. And, um, uh, he's basically pushing them around, but they're all equally as intelligent and equally as interested in this, you know, scheme. But they're also kind of like in in it for their curiosity more than the revenge fantasies and stuff like that. And then it turns into a thing for our traditional auto that he's like, okay, this version of me was a weakling and I'm getting rid of them, but I have to prove that I'm the superior one. So he wants to go around and, like, prove that. But, uh, and he's dragging these other versions of himself along. Like I say, they're all interested. But he gets into it with, uh, they go in and they kill, like, a Sunfire slash Iron Man uh, iteration in the first issue. Then they go into another reality and they find a Spider-Man version that's much younger. But he has been a hero. And they start examining the idea of what does it take for them to grow up and be as awesome as they are 
And what stops them from being, what kind of like nature versus nurture stuff is making them into the autos that they are? And uh, what really begs the question in my, my end is, how is it that there are these different versions of like, why is it Wolverine? Why is it the Hulk? But I guess I have to wonder, you know, if 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 he if Octavius was like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna go into that character instead of Spider Man because I'll have better luck. That's just what they did in that reality. So they're like the possessed version, perhaps. It hasn't entirely been explained. Because what I'm referencing, of course, is a superior Spider Man storyline. Maybe Peter David is secretly ghostwriting this. <laughs> yeah. I dig that. But, uh, yeah, you know, the end of the first issue has a Dr. Doom Octavian Octavius, uh, who is the Sorcerer Supreme of his reality. And you get into the second issue, and that is what it is really all about. Uh, he is the superior octopus. And they all – these guys do not get along. They're all – you know, mutually trying to agree with one another to a certain point, but they get into it constantly, bickering, fighting, you know, finally getting to the point where the only thing that's stopping them from killing each other is when this Sorcerer Supreme version of Dr. Doom uh, uh, octopus shows up, takes control, and finally gets everybody to bow to his powers except for the uh, our 616 universe version octopus and then uh they team up they rip off all of his arms and they've got him captured and he's just in there like fuming and furious about what he's going to do next he still can't take the idea that the universal constant of all of these characters is failure (laughs) due to whoever their arch nemesis is and they they just can't deal with it. But, uh, it, you know, like I say, they all have the opportunity to just change who they are and be like, OK, you know what? I'm going to start being a benefit to this world or I'm going to go back to my world and and be a benefit. And, but like you're never going to get that ego out of them. You know, you're it, never going to get that drive for conquest. It happened for a split moment in the Superior Spider-Man. That was one of my favorite Spider-Man stories of all time. Remember, yeah, remember that was good. Was, that was good. Remember how mm-hmm. worried I was until I read that article about this one guy posted and like bleeding cool was like, "Yo, fucking Spidey fans, chill the fuck out." Uh, Dan Slott's the biggest Spider-Man fan of all time. He won't do us wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be just fine, and it was, and he was for the benefit of humanity, and the the mm-hmm. it it begs the question, he. He's dating May, love of his life. Everything's going great. Something happens yeah. he can't handle. He has to relinquish the uh, the mind to to Peter, who was steadily growing inside. You know, he wasn't completely erased. Yeah, right. And it just reminds me every time that you you're absolutely correct. The the thing all these assholes have in common is their absolute utter failures, despite how fucking superior they are. Like yeah. You're still, you can be the superior iteration of that person and still fail. Like, you can be the best person you can possibly be and still fail. Correct. Uh, you don't win all of the time. That's just not how it's done. But, uh, yeah. He, uh, 
I wonder if it's, it's like a secret thing, like, behind the scenes, like, you know, never bring back, you know, Batman's parents or Uncle Ben, that Otto is just going to be a fucking mama's boy failure. Yeah, well, no, I mean, okay, I'm going to say, like, that's kind of the question that this asks, because the first, <coughs> excuse me, the first page of the first book depicts four different Ottos and their father pushing them around, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, it, it's like, okay, well, what is it about you that's different? What, 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 what happened to you that, why are you the superior one? And why should anybody follow you? So it's like, well, none of them I guess been- it just takes a particular thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to decide to do something differently with my life. Uh, and that's the thing. They kill, they gang up and they kill the Spider-Man version of them, uh, of them. And, and that character was the one that basically gave them, this is the catalyst. You need to do something different. Like I would totally take it that Otto Octavius would decide, okay, yeah, yeah. I've been a bad guy forever and ever and ever, but I can just do good things now. Like I can be, the preeminent, I could become the scientist supreme of Earth. You they're, know, they are referencing it's it. Power. it. It absolutely is, and uh, they mm-hmm. are referencing it in uh, the current pages of Spider-Man, where uh, Beyond has you know got Ben Riley as the uh-huh. official Spider-Man, and uh, Otto Octavius realizes in a side story we talked about it a while ago uh, that yep, yep. it was basically they stole his tech and all his intellectual properties from Parker, uh, the Parker Industries that he started as Superior Spider-Man, secretly as Superior Spider-Man. And he Mm -hmm. goes in to steal a hard drive. He's almost out, and Ben Riley stops him. And rather than, like, really duke it out, he's like, you know what? Here, take it. Take it. Read this shit. Find out what fucking Beyond really is. Find out what they're really doing Mm -hmm. to you and what they're really doing and... That they're not who you, who you think they are, and I'm I'm out. Like like he he relinquished it to Spidey yet again. Um, wow. What the, so that's going on, and then uh, of course, just I, I always think of Simpsons references. I think of like the Mama's Boy, fucking Octavio, uh, Otto Octavius getting fucking chewed out by his mom. Thinking of Agnes Skinner, like what is it with you and failure? You're failing again. Why are you always failing? <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I, I I really dig how silly this book is. I mean, is that oh, it's word? totally silly. Yeah, it's completely silly, but it's also it is actually it's gonna it's one of those that's got enough heady questions to make me remember it, and that's not easy to do. Like we have seen the same tropes appear and reappear forever. And I mean, it just, it, it, I just feel like it takes so much to stand out anymore. Uh, They're not going for any low hanging fruit here. And what, what really appeals to me is when you look at the superior four lineup, this is the superior four, or this is the same lineup albeit not in 616 versions of the characters that stood in for the Fantastic Four in the, what was it, the 80s or whatever, the early 80s, when Spider-Man, Hulk, uh, Wolverine, and the and Ghost Rider were all 
we're the Fantastic Four right now. That was a lot of fun. Like, that was some goofy time, that, you know, that they needed to do something along the lines of that, and it really, really worked out. Uh, and it's it's remembered, you know? Tony, was there any old-school, silly DC shit that you really enjoyed? Or even new school? I don't even anything over the top, like, like really goofy, like... Like, when we started reading DC versus Vampires, I kind of thought it was kind of Super Friends-ish. Yeah. Like it was definitely a lighter take than uh, DC Zombies. I was surprised but, like, how kinda, They kind of ramped it up. It definitely got it. It definitely got more serious. Like when they when they juiced Zan in the first issue, I was like, "Oh, that's just gonna be hilarious." And like they haven't really kept up with that too much, unfortunately. I kind of thought it'd be Damn. a nice, completely different take than than how they handled the DC. Um, I'm trying to think of any really just goopy. There's not really too, like DC really doesn't go out of their way to be overly goofy with at least anything that I personally read. Like yeah. everything kind of tends to have a lot of, a lot of heart to it. If anything else, I thought the Batman 89 and Superman 79 were Superman 78 were going to be goofy as shit. And either two of my favorite books right now. Yeah, no, that's been. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for looking to fill out my uh, my my issues of that and read those. Oh, uh, like Billy D. Williams. I was watching Futurama today, like the 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 Maltese liquor. Uh, no human can drink it. Only ro- <laughs> uh, no, like only robots can drink it. No human can drink it, except Billy D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else? You, uh, how does that lead into villains for hire, though, man? Like, because I, I, I've, I've read. Uh, this oh, it's all part of the same. Yeah, it's all part of the same business. In that, uh, villains for hire is. You know what? This is another good thing. Okay, you know, remember? Okay, we had go back this far. Civil War. We all more or less, I think, appreciated the first Civil War in Marvel comics. But the second one was a cash grab, and it was not so good. And it was built around only that Civil War was the next major Marvel movie. And they were like, well, we need to do something that reflects this, so let's do Civil War too. Uh, the first Civil War ended with, you know, a lot of problems going into Secret Invasion and then having the Thunderbolts come out on top and then Dark Avengers happen and blah, 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 right? Dark like, Avengers. for the villains to have so much control is sometimes very entertaining and sometimes stupid as crap. Like, uh, like uh, what was that? <laughs> oh, God. What was the deal where... Um, the cabal was it the the verses or what? I can't remember what it was. Never mind. It's so bad I can't even remember it. But uh, it was one of their cross promotional events. It did nothing a few years Marvel ago. Marvel versus DC. No, no, no. It was like make the bad guys the good guys and the good guys. Oh, access. Oh, access. Yes. Forget it. Forget it. So what, what I'm saying is like the bad guys have control of New York City right now, and it's freaking rad. And you've got the Thunderbolts are the villains for hire 
in the in the, in this story. So it's the rhino is part. The, the lineup is the rhino, and uh, oh, is, where's my? Hold on a second. Let me find my copy of this thing. The, the rhino. What is this? I don't. Taskmaster is awesome. Uh, Lady Electro. Um, uh, I'm flipping through here looking for it. Who I don't know who this character is. Oh, also Whiplash. Uh, who is Agony? One of the many thousands of symbiote characters. Yeah, she's a symbiote. Yeah. She, uh, she is this. <laughs> they show up to stop a pseudo terrorist organization from attacking a Met Gala, and uh, they're using lethal force in his. Really like wow, this is a Marvel comic. Like people getting run through with arrows, definitely like blood and guts, and then Agony's like vomiting acid on people, and they are they're melting. It's horrifying. And then there's one dude she captures later, and she like sticks her symbiote tongue down his throat, and he just like melts from the inside. It's like that's a uh, pretty gutsy for a Marvel comic of any sort, I think. Um, but, uh, the crazy thing is they like, they break up this attack on a, on a, on a public event. Then they're like, Hey, yeah, we all got to hang out and wait to talk to Wilson Fisk and they don't want to be there. And they end up getting into a fight with themselves. And like, before I know it, the whole story is over. Fisk comes out and he's like, you guys are a bunch of turds. You work for me. Uh, we're changing everything in this city. And you guys are going to be there at the end as long as you take my message to these people. And it's interesting because we've seen Wilson Fisk trying so hard in the pages of Daredevil for so long to restrain himself. But he doesn't have to do that with these people. He can come out full of threats because that's the only way they're going to respect him uh, because – Oddly enough, I get, you know, I don't know what the stipulations are for being a Thunderbolt. I don't know that you have a bomb in your head or anything, but like, you know, I can take you down at the drop of a hat is basically what he's saying. And it, you know, it's not going to take anything. The fun thing is that us agent John Walker shows up at the very end is like, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to be a Thunderbolt, which makes sense because he's appeared with the Thunderbolts in the pages of devil's reign. Um, so, yeah, this is another, like, side title in the whole cross-title promotional event of Devil's Reign, and it freaking works. Like, so far, all of the, t- all of the side titles have been really, really awesome. I need to read Black Knight. It's just huge. And I don't know why that's a Devil's Reign story, unless someone was like, hey, we just want to, you know, do a Black Knight story, and we'll have to have to tack it in there somehow but i I read that in an article on like bleeding cool or one of those other comic websites that they yeah they're Mm -hmm. trying to bring black bring black knight back in whatever fashion they can well they're trying to do that because they uh they launched dane whitman in the uh eternals movie and he had the the um what sword he well, he had the the uh, Emery blade, black sword, the ebony blade. But they, uh, he had the closing credits, the the, the end credits piece. Mm-hmm. So it was like, 
Okay, we all just want that Jon Snow actor to be in everything. Is that how bad we want that? I don't. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know, man. I just well, I mean, there's an audience for it. They're going to put it out. None of the Eternals movie did enough for me to really feel like there needs to be anything else explored from it. I'm, I haven't watched uh, it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um. It's a long. I might buy the. I might. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. Like the best, the best characters are like the best. They don't focus on the right characters, in my opinion. Like the best yeah. characters are freaking characters that end up being side characters. Gotcha. Yeah, I, like I really, really liked the. Uh, I don't remember any. Don't remember his name. It started with an F. He was Faustus. Uh, Faustus. 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 Yeah, I think it was actually like PH. He was interesting. Yeah. The guy that they spent the least amount of time on or developing shows up like two thirds through the movie. And I'm like, this guy's got a family. He didn't want to be around people, but he's got a family. Mm-hmm. He's with a man. He has a son, some uh, like somehow. Uh, and he is still doing things with engineering that, uh, yeah, that, that was all I really had. I mean, I, I liked that guy. Uh, yeah, he and was I cool. also like Gilgamesh. Uh, Gilgamesh was, I would say Gilgamesh, I like Gilgamesh was cool. They really didn't spend any time on any of the characters that I was super interested in. Yeah. And like his whole his like, whole thing with Thena could have been uh-huh. so That was massive. a cool so, dynamic. So was, yeah. It could have been so much they could have done so much more with that than they did. Mm-hmm. Cuz like my whole thing was uh the whole relationship with Icarus and Circe. I was just like I don't care. These characters have absolutely yeah. no chemistry. You're going to tell me they dated for thousands of years and they have no chemistry? When you set up a thing and it's like, these guys are the relationship you're supposed to be watching. And uh, I'm like, this is a multi... <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't Let me. I'll go into that in a second. You're going to set up that relationship to see if they're going to get back together by the end of the movie... And then whatever. I don't want to spoil it for Josh, but, uh, you know, these things, they, they have a way of being formulaic. They did go another direction, and I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. But um, uh, at the same time, I, after, after he's seen it, I'll discuss that. But at the same time, I, I felt like for such a multi-inclusive uh, cast, the guy that's running around shooting the eye lasers is like straight up white dude. And everybody else is not a straight up white dude in this movie. I mean, maybe the, who was the, uh, who was the guy that was flirting with the deaf girl? Like, oh, uh, Dru- Gruig. Gruig. Yeah. I like, and that, that, that's, they had chemistry. That didn't go anywhere either. It was but just it like, Hey, it was another like one. They should have. Like, if you guys like each other, why aren't you why aren't you together? Like, you guys clearly like each other. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't do enough for me. It was not a not a not a good movie to me. Yeah, uh, and the anyway. and the other end credit scene was just like really, why? But yeah, I'm. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't feel like the uh, CG there was very good and. Uh, um. Yeah, it was just too it, like it didn't fit the theme or the tone of the movie at all. Anyway, sorry, we we got to digress on this one. I just think Angel- <laughs> yeah. Angelina Jolie's a hoe. 
<laughs> All right. Like, I remember being just, like, one of her biggest fans. Like, we were there first in line for Tomb Raider. <laughs> All right. Never been, never been a Friends fan. Never been a Jennifer Aniston fan. Of course, I love Tyler Durden. But then when I found out she was a hoe. What? 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 What are you getting? Where? What is the? Uh, what's the basis for this? She stole Brad Pitt. Josh is talking personally about somebody he doesn't know. <laughs> I, oh, he's I, pissed off because Brad Pitt wasn't paying attention to him anymore. No, that's not it. Is, no. this, is this one of the one of those things where I gotta tell everyone I ain't gay? No, no we were, we we beaten that dead horse to death. <laughs> well, like we could we couldn't even bring that back with freaking Lazarus resin. Nope. Oh, yeah, good, it's good. Sorry, that, that, that dead horse is too far gone <laughs> well I appreciate that guys thank you for accepting whatever, yeah, you're, you're, you're all yeah. whatever the hell I am however it goes but minefields is a safe zone Angelina Jolie is a hoe <laughs> alright you don't. You don't. You don't know. I loved her in Hackers. She might have got better. She might not have. Who knows? I love them titties. Maybe, and maybe there was more stuff beforehand. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with most wrestlers, dude. We've all got freaking personal lives. We don't know. You don't know what happens behind closed doors. Freaking, you can't. It's you know you can't go hating on somebody you don't know. No, I'm, not, I'm gonna hate on her all I want. You can't stop me from that. <laughs> But I appreciate, you can solve it in the ring. I appreciate, I appreciate your, your reasoning, though. And I will. Let's. What if, what if the next? Uh, what if all of the promotional material for your for the next matches were like, you know, just based on complete nonsense? I don't like what you said about Angelina Jolie. Well, you can solve that at SummerSlam. With blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> you know. Have you ever have you Why ever seen you the John Cena Have you guys ever call? seen the No, 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 the SNL skit with The Rock? Oh my god. Yeah. When he's doing best, he's playing Coco. The best wrestling skit I've ever heard of. The, yes. The, the both of them. The, like one of them they took offline. One of them they took offline. It like in like I feel like every now and then I find one and then the other one's gone. Like, let me tell you something about this guy. He's got herpes. <laughs> that's that's He's the video I'm talking about. That one is amazing. <laughs> He's Coco Watch Out. Oh my god, I fucking died. <laughs> He's yeah. He's, he's got the most ridiculous, like, like, froed out mullet. And, yeah. Uh, what, what was it? You know that, like, uh, c- c- come on, man. Why don't you just talk about what you're going to do to me in the ring? All right, man. I feel like that's wrong, but okay. Like, these guys are going <laughs> to show down in, in WrestleMania. I'm going to tear this man apart in the ring. And I mean psychologically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that picture? No, I specifically I think you guys definitely ought to set up some pro- promos that are just absolutely asinine uh, just to see what happens like is 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 I don't know is is this guy going to are you going to keep leaving the seat up in the bathroom? Like no, why you won't that. you wash your hands? I saw you. Can't you? Why do you keep stealing my phone charger? Like, just go nuts. 
on one of those and then turn it into something super serious again later. Now, here's what happens. We have a specific setting for this. We've mm-hmm. got Morales Alley. Uh-huh. Tony, tell them about Morales Alley. I know Morales Alley. I've seen those videos. Yeah, we do that when we get fucking bored. It's snowing. We gotta haul. <laughs> We're going to haul us over there. Like, yeah. Like... Like the 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 way the production when we get on the jazz is like one of the, my favorite things on this fucking planet in existence. Like, what we we knocked that out. Like what like we left Muse. We got to uh, Morales Sally because we had to haul. I, I was like, we gotta get there now. It was snowing. I wanted the snow, but we knocked that out. Like what in like ten minutes? Yeah, we had, we had eighteen because it's a uh, it's downtown, so you got to pay the meter and whatnot. We had eighteen minutes. To freaking get the promo done, freaking turn around to get the comic books and at get the out of there. And get the fuck out of there. Yep. And like. At the BOGO. At the BOGO. At, God bless those wonderful, wonderful people over at Escape Velocity. Um, yeah. What well, you thought for three minutes, and I, while you were thinking, I made you pose. I popped off like 15, 15 shots. I got a really good. I, I got one out of the 15 that was good. And uh, then we get back, and I'm like, you know, fuck it, let's look at it. And then I'm like, you know, fuck it, let me format it. Let me throw the, the letterbox on it. Let me throw it black and white. Let me throw the fucking uh, uh, sad walking away Incredible Hulk music on there. And it was like 98% done. The only thing I had to do was add the graphics. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we got uh, mm. we got Squared Circle Pro coming up on March 26th. Yep. And I'm bringing it up because the last time we talked, uh, Mr. Colin, are you going to be busy March 26th? Uh, 26th? Let me see where the, what day, is that a weekend? Yes, yeah. I'm teaching a class. Yes, my classes go on for freaking ever. I'm teaching classes on Saturdays. Fucking get a I'm kidding. This is not how that works. And I am going to have to actually work sometime this year. We'll film it. That's like, well, we can, we can, you can uh, do your class via Zoom in the backseat of uh, Tony Sunday. I, that will not be how that, that is not how that works. All right. Well, then, like, it is all physical materials. All right. All right. All right. We tried. Yeah. 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 Don't forget, even better. We got New Era coming up March 12th. That we do. I see that. We know the owner. We'll get you a ticket. Also, a Saturday. Tony, do you think the owner of a New Era would comp Mr. Colin a Minefields ticket? No, we don't do comps. Yeah, sorry, brother. <laughs> 15 bucks. 15 bucks. Yep. Getting to the point where I don't know if I can cut, if, I, if I can afford fifteen bucks. Put that shit in my hand. Yeah. Oh, now you're just dating yourself. Yeah. All right. So I got two. I got two. He's got the next book. I got two quickies, but goodies. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've got. Um, I was telling my boss today. He was because my boss is like a real big B movie, like horror movie fan, and I recommended to him to watch a movie called High Tension. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I really think this movie is based completely off of, like, one Coldplay song, because they play it, like, 30 times during the fucking movie. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even exaggerating. They, they play uh, Take a Bow, like, constantly through this. Uh, uh, I think they wrote that in response to 
George W. Um, you you will pay you will pay for the sins. Um, it's it's a wonderful French uh, indie horror film, but <clears throat> these two books, uh, Refrigerator Full of Heads, uh, coming off of Basket Full Full of Heads, um, this was the climax before the ultimate battle. Like like this is the this is what might have been the ultimate battle, but our our heroine uh, pulls it off. Uh, she is a reporter slash uh, working for the CIA or whatever the fuck you want to call it, whatever black ops thing, that finds out about this island here in the States that a bunch of fucking cops died and a bunch of people are dying by uh, motorcycle gangs tracking down uh, Norse artifacts, all instruments of death. And the one they want the most is an axe. This axe in the first first book, Basketful of Heads, uh, was a uh, trophy on the chief of the sheriff's, uh, you know, well, not chief of sheriff, the sheriff, you know, whatever, um, in, in his collection of uh, machinations of death that have actually killed people. Uh, she's hiding out with her, uh, the original heroine is hiding out with her, her boyfriend, uh, the, uh, the deputy, and uh, they get attacked and the only thing she can grab is the axe. She cuts this guy's head off. Body dies. Head's still alive. Not going to ruin that story for anyone at the end of it. But she throws the axe into the water. Refrigerator full of heads is our new heroine. Um, reporter. Want to know what the hell happened here. Uh, they get run down with, by some bikers. And she gets thrown in the water. Finds an axe. Uses it. And her and her uh, friend, all the people they killed because they were going to die if they didn't, rather than, you know, leave the heads there that are alive, take them back to their, uh, their Airbnb and put them in a refrigerator. Uh, while she first found the axe, she got attacked by a, a shark, cut the shark's head off. Shark's head's still alive. They got it on the wall. The bikers finally find out they got the axe, and it is a wonderful knockdown drag out of an action comic book. <clears throat> and I always complain that like when you're watching the Hulk fight somebody, it's like like where do I look? Uh what just happened there? Um what am I looking at? Um no, none of that. It's full on action, high tension. Um same thing that happens in a righteous search for vengeance number five. He is a or um, Asian protagonist gentleman that we don't know the name of. Works on the dark web, part of a large group of people that responds to uh, tickets that get put out. You know, kill this guy, prove he killed him. Here's some money. He stumbles upon something that shouldn't have happened by someone part of the agency or the dark web, and he rescues this woman and her and her son and this was the culmination of the the escape was the last issue saving the woman saving the boy getting cornered and this one is the getaway high speed high octane old school 80s action uh take the gun well what are you gonna defend yourself with doesn't matter he probably should have taken the gun <laughs> like um 
I'm bringing these books specifically up. If you were looking, like we talked about a lot of intellectual properties that dig deep into psychology and drama and character development. The character development is old school 80s awesomeness. It's like as the violence is proceeding that is completely over the top. Not going to lie. A lot of people might not like these comic books. The artwork is phenomenal in both of them, by the way. Nothing to hearken that, you know, like, don't like them because the artwork sucks or rushed. Because, you know, when you read books like that that are so fast-paced, the artwork usually suffers. Unless, you know, they, you know, poured a lot of money in some poor model and <coughs> finish it in a week. But Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, one of, the, one of my favorite books on the... I want to say it's probably number four uh, on the... Uh, it would have been my number three, but Saga's back, and we'll talk about that next week. But, um, but just, if you're into, if, if you just want to lose yourself in some, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, we grew up with it. I mean, watching G.I. Joe, He-Man, Thundercats, it, it's just an excuse to watch violence and really cool weapons. <laughs> like, I mean, really, like, you know, in, in fantasy, like, really, there's nothing really much more to it. But, um... Asian guy saving this chick doesn't know. He's fucked. Like, at the end of every single issue, he's fucked. <laughs> like, and, and, and the, the, the getaway, the escape, it's, it's not like where he's about to die and the, the bad guy slips on a banana peel. Like, the exposition, the, the writing on this of how he gets out of it every time. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Same thing with Refrigerator Full of Heads, which I do have to say is a Joe Hill curated comic within the DC Horror uh, uh, Epsilon there. Um, if you guys didn't hear uh, Minefields from two episodes ago, we did The Rain, which was actually written by Joe Hill, but that's actually an image book. But just let you know, you know, clue on what Joe Hill's all about. Just high-octane awesomeness. Um... I think that's what really got me on the jazz for some uh, for some dark man because I wanted I wanted to see something ridiculous that has no real literary merit. Like it's not something that you're gonna be like, man, I read, <laughs> I read this book and just opened my eyes. Now, no, 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 fun, kick-ass art. Have a shitload of fun with it. Uh, one of the <coughs> one of the few times. I might encourage you to like you know maybe wait for the graphic novel. Always more yeah, fun, right. Always more fun to have the single issues. But maybe this time you know sit down and spend an hour with it and you know get a good beer with it. Like I wanted to ask you is that earlier if if you were gonna pick your ideal beer when you're reading graphic novel you always wanted to read. What'd you pick? Hmm. I'm back to the point where I don't I can't remember the last time I had a beer but like I legit uh, I love hops you know I like those I like IPAs and stuff like that but I love I love uh, sours I've had a, you know just it's such a chance picking out different sours but if there is a sour I'll, I'll give it a shot as long as it's not too fruity uh, but if it was straight up a beer I'd get a Coop F5 that's a very heavy-duty, hopsy beer, well, IPA. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase the question. It's mm-hmm. 1995. We live in the same town 
we have an old school recorder. We're doing minefields on a ham radio. We got a treehouse. Our big one of our big brothers has a fake ID. Will buy us beer and cigarettes. What is he buying for us? And what graphic novels are we reading? There were no decent beers in 1995. Probably matter. have a red dog. A red dog. That's, what I, that's like maybe the first beer anybody ever handed me anywhere. Hey, Here's a red dog. Do you, you want to try that? Do you mean red stripe or mad dog? Red dog. It doesn't oh. even exist to me. Oh, I remember the shirts. It, like the shirts were like like a big deal, like the no fear shirts. I remember. Uh, I don't think they were no fear, but they were, yeah, you know, no, I don't they, know. They, 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 they were part of that, that, that group that you had to have a big Johnson shirt or no fear shirt or, uh, could be. Yeah. I would, uh, hopefully be reading a collection of the Armageddon 2001 storyline. I would pick out of your pure recommendation. I would be borrowing your GI Joe's. And I'd be drinking. I'd be drinking some Bud Heavy, simply because Stone Cold. Bud Heavy, Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Tony, this is a cold call. I would probably be reading Killing Joke or Year One. And actually, if it was the nineties, I was totally into X Men. So it'd probably be uh, either Extinction Agenda or God Loves, Man Kills. Oh, yeah, man. And I would be drinking A&W root beer because I friggin didn't (laughs) I didn't touch anything until I was 21. Like, I remember freaking out because. One of the girls, my girlfriend at the time, was hanging out with was smoking weed, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't be around it." Like I was, I was that I was that guy. I was too. So freaking, I, I I'd be having A and W root beer on the rocks, possibly with a key lime twist, because I'm a fancy bitch. That is pretty fancy. I assume our treehouse would be pretty loaded. I mean, like, with our resources pulled together as young adolescents, I guarantee we we had a poorly running dorm refrigerator with said A&Ws, a couple of boxes, maybe uh, some plastic over it in case it rains, make sure our shit don't get fucked up. And uh, a real cool spot to pee out the fucking window. You don't like peeing out of treehouses? Goddamn. Yeah. I don't think I ever had more than one treehouse to mess with. And <clears throat> All right. I, the, the girls across the street had it, so there was no peeing out that window. Gotcha. Colin had appearances to keep. Yeah. Dixie versus vampires before we get hot and heavy with some civil war shit, man. Ah, let me think. Let me think. Show. Freaking! So yeah, so far we've got a uh, as of last issue, a couple issues ago, freaking Green Air, uh, Green Lantern is uh, the the big vampire in the Justice League, and he just turned Wonder Woman. And they also murdered the Flash because 
um, the the big vampire in charge, who we don't know who that is yet, deemed the Flash too much of a liability because he would just run around and get all the blood from everybody, leaving no blood for anybody else. Mm. But we start off in a warehouse in Gotham, and Task Force X, the Suicide Squad, just came in. We've got Deadshot, we've got King Shark, we've got Boomerang, we've got Savant, we've got Harley Quinn, we've got Black Spider. Awesome. And freaking, they bust in, they're looking for, they're on a mission, and everybody's dead. But then we go back, and the Justice League has entered the uh, Batcave to confront Batman on murdering the Flash, which he did not do. And only it is, um, they bust in on the Batcave, and it is Batman and Green Arrow versus the remainder of the JLA. And, of course, Superman is like, you know, we can help you, you know, we'll, we'll get through this together. And Batman ends up you know, removing a fake tooth and blowing kryptonite gas into Superman's face to take him down. I just sent Colin the uh, screenshot of it. Ooh, yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah. The opposite of a suicide cyanide tooth. That was so cool, man. And then we turn around, and there uh, we're back to Task Force X. Kryptonite tooth. The squad's examining all the bloodless bodies. And he, uh, Death, uh, Deadshot's trying to talk to Waller, being like, we need to get out of here. And she's like, no, mission's unchanged. Get me the Joker. And Deadshot's like, it's a little changed. He's an effing vampire. That's a working story anyway, right? You know, you guys make it work. Get Joker, get out of there. And Black Spider's like, I always wanted to kill a vampire. This is going to be good. And then he gets eaten by a vampire king shark. Wonderful. And the squad has to turn on one of their own. But then they turn around and Parasite, who is also a member of the squad at this time, has also been turned... And then Cyborg, back in the Batcave, Cyborg's trying to calm down the situation between the JLA and Batman and Green Arrow. And Batman's like, I have evidence on the computer that'll prove my innocence. And Green Lantern, Green Lantern's like, no, you can't, we can't trust him. This is obviously going to be fabricated. And Batman's like, hey, if it's fabricated, of course Cyborg's going to know when he looks, right? So he has Cyborg get the computer, and it shocks the hell out of him and turns the lights out in the Batcave. Did it turn it all out in Gotham? Yeah, all over Gotham. So the entire the entire city is out of power right now because of Batman. Which, of course, is great when you're hunting vampires yeah, at you, night. Yeah, of course. You, you, you definitely want to hunt vampires at night. Yeah. So the entire bat family, <laughs> the entire bat family is out here. You know, and everyone's like we need to we need to get together. I'm on my way. Damien, you're the next closest. I'll pick you up and Damien's just in this restaurant alone by himself. Just saying fine whatever. And then next thing you know we're we're back in the bat cave and they're fighting for their lives. Arrow's trying to Green Arrow is trying to kill Green Lantern because we obviously know he's a vampire. 
and he goes for the killing blow, but Martian Manhunter catches the arrow. But of course, the arrow burst into flames because, of course, we all Batman knows all the Justice League's weaknesses, as as told to us in, yeah, the, in the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Battle, yep. So they're going at it, and freaking they end up taking out. They take out Hot Girl, but she, she looks more. She's just down for the count, not so much gone. But the thing is, we're still, other than um, Wonder Woman and Green Lantern right now, everybody else is still, nobody's been turned. They're just, they just all believe that Batman is the one that killed the Flash, and they're trying to take him down because they they conned them into believing that Batman is actually the vampire instead of them. Hmm. So, so we go back to the squad, and half the squad is now vampires. But then we see uh, Harley Quinn gets saved by Batgirl, who shows up <clears throat> to help out. And they end up taking down the other members of the squad who are currently vampires. And we come to, uh, we got Batman and Green, uh, Green Arrow versus Wonder Woman. There's a nice little brawl there. And then Hot Girl wakes up to realize that Diana's a vampire as well. And she's about to turn Hawkgirl and Green Lantern's trying to, or Green Arrow's trying to help, but to no avail. And they decide they gotta run. They're trying to trying to kill Diana. And then she's about to she grabs Batman by the throat and about to end him. When all of a sudden she's hit by Diana's hit behind by a motorcycle driven by we got Damien and uh, Tim Drake. And then Green Green Arrow takes Diana down with an exploding arrow. As the rest of the heroes try to make a run for it. And as they're leaving, as they're leaving, heading out of Wayne Manor. They end up blowing up the entirety of Wayne Manor. And out of the ashes, we've got Green Lantern and Diana. And they're talking about, you know, they got away. I'm aware. We see we see Superman working his way up. And he's just like, you know, I can barely stand. Hal's just like, take it easy, Clark. We've got you now. So they're going to go out of their way to try to turn Superman. If they turn Superman, all is lost. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm wondering if, I'm if this picture. is... You sold me on Deceased. I thought it was going to be another whack-ass zombie comic book that just was a stupid cash grab. I mean, I really liked the original Marvel Zombies, but like after that it was just a total bullshit cash grab. But you were absolutely yeah, it just right. Keeps going. You were absolutely right, but still <laughs> that deceased. When it comes to vampires, I'm always really uh reluctant. Despite the because I love vampires so much. Uh, I remember when they did uh guys you remember when they did uh vampire series back in I want to say maybe like two thousand like a lot like eleven or twelve of the Forever Night? And the X-Men. And the Jubilee. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and it was totally fucking stupid. 
I mean, I love that they brought Blade out and Dracula's there. Dracula's back right now. Like, they're holed up in Chernobyl. Are you talking about the Ultimates? Mm. They had a whole vampire thing in the Ultimates where Blade was heavy duty. No, no, it was in the Ultimates. Um, right now, the vampires okay. are alive and well. Uh, yeah, they, no, they definitely they definitely turned Jubilee because she was a vampire for quite a while. Yeah, because she, she lost her powers during M-Day. Uh, mm-hmm. Or yeah. most of them. And... Um, well, that's when she got Shogo was while she was a vampire. She got him right before and then became a vampire. But it was like all in the same storyline. Um, yeah, so we're both right. Um, but I, I just, it just didn't, it just didn't, if it was a wine, I'd have spit it back out. Like, it didn't sit well on the palate. I don't know how this is going. I love how violent it is, obviously. But I, 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 they keep hinting that there's no way to fix it. But then I think about all the juiciest vampire stories. You just got to kill a head vampire. Who's the head vampire? Oh yeah, totally. Who's because they, and and then especially and I, I get that impression because Ollie is refusing to do kill shots. Mm. He's flat out refusing to do kill shots. Um, He's doing debilitating shots, buying us a couple more minutes or a couple seconds more shots, despite the finite amount of arrows he has. Um, I, I think there's a redemption coming here, um, but then I think the twist, and other than they're you know they're building toward oh the Joker's a vampire now now it's gonna be he's gonna be ten times worse. Okay, yeah, he's gonna be way worse as a vampire, but um, I really like this. Story. I, just hope, I just hope it's not Lex Luthor. It's just, it's just too obvious an answer. Well, I thought they already killed him off. Or did he disappear? I think he disappeared. He disappeared. But like that—that's that's, that's it's always like I would love it if like it was just some like like just some somebody out of left field because this is odd, this is an else world story, so you can get you can kind of get away with stuff. But I would love it if like freaking it was just some like. Somebody cool, like broad. maybe not like not like necessarily like a D or F lister, but like maybe like a solid B. Like let's Pied let's Piper. just say it was the like the Riddler. How cool would it be if like the Riddler or just somebody who just like just a, a straight up human with no superpowers, fucking with everybody, just ended up being like Dude, the king or queen of the vampires? Yeah. Like no, like or dead or dead, Deathstroke, or Bane. It's Lois Lane. Aww. Could be Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy, it was Could Jimmy totally Olsen Jimmy all Olsen. along. When? When? Terry White. <laughs> God damn it! Just give me the photos. God damn it! God, just bring me the blood. Uh, give me the corpse. It's Superman. It's Superman's dad. Or if it's <laughs> Batman the whole time. Dark That'd be line. amazing. I just hope it's not Batman. It's Dark Man the whole time. Uh, it's probably Kim Song Un. Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un. That's who it is. Hey, the DC gonna, Kim hey, Jong Un. Hey, 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 we're gonna get canceled. <laughs> Only in North Korea. We're, we're gonna get, we're gonna piss off the North oh. Koreans. We we did one time have one hit from North Korea listening to our podcast, and I've got the SoundCloud really? footage. Yes. Someone, no way. Someone in North Korea listened. I obviously it was the grand exalted leader. 
only guy that probably has uh, the internet. The internet in the whole country. Yeah. Yeah, we need a special like dollar from the North Korean Chamber of Commerce or something for that one. I'm gonna frame it. And stick I, it just, up. I just hope it wasn't some poor bastard that really like found a comic book, found a podcast, twenty minutes to listen to something, and got caught and executed because he was listening to minefields. <laughs> yeah. It'd be an American defector. He didn't have from the, the '90s or something. He didn't have one of the official North Korean government-approved haircuts, and he was listening to American Evil Overlord uh, <laughs> podcasts. No, we really, yeah. we really did get a hit from North Korea. That's freaking strange, but okay. Sweet. Yeah. It was probably Dennis Rodman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the zombies yeah. one or the vampires freaking what if it was uh, they're just gonna go for the cash grab and just make it peacemaker I'd be totally oh man I'd be totally okay with that I read an article today talking about uh, there, someone was interviewing James Gunn about when the exact moment happened when James Gunn realized he needed to make a peacemaker television show and it had everything to do with John Cena when they were zooming in on Cena's face when he was about to kill Ratcatcher. Uh, a guy that didn't want to do it, but was going to do it anyway. The pain and suffering in his eyes, whatever Cena did or translated into cinematic mastery, inspired James Gunn. Like, we had to do a Peacemaker story where he's doing shit he doesn't want to do. And it just expound on that. And, uh, yeah, because that was that. That was a heavy fucking scene, man. I, I thought Ratchcatcher was dead for sure. Two Ratchcatcher two was dead for sure. Um, yeah. Never, hey, it happens. But vampires, mm. DC, it's a lot of fun. What if it's James Gunn? <laughs> they just go all meta on us, and it's James Gunn is the freaking Lord of Vampires. It's any one of the Marthas. Why did you say that name? Martha. It's one of the worst names ever. Yeah. Now, there's no more Marthas. There's, a, there's no more Dorothys. There's damn sure no more Karens. Um, Martha. Goddamn. Give us some Civil War awesomeness, man. All right. Well, I'm going to close this out with something extraordinarily controversial. <clears throat> okay. So... This is a book I wanted for a long time, and I don't know why I didn't just get it. It's not easy to find. I was kind of hoping I would just find a copy of it someplace on the hunt. Uh, It can't be done. I got this online. I ordered it. It was the only way I was ever going to get it. Uh, How much? Oddly enough, it's a signed copy. I think it was like 25 bucks, you know. Not bad. Okay. So this is from a super small press. It's called Rampart Press. Uh, the the uh, the uh, the creators, the creative team, are not even necessarily presented on the cover. Uh, you got to open the book. Uh, Story and pencils by Justin Murphy. Uh, Jay Burn. Oh, where did the? Uh, oh yeah, Story and pencils by Justin Murphy, and a fantastic job. I gotta say. This is not – this is a bunch of really ornately done characters, uh, 
the depictions are very realistic. It's not lazy. It's uh, there are some really complicated. Let me see if I can pull up a piece here. There are some really complicated sequences of pages there. Does that do anything for you? I oh, mean, nice. Just, okay. The panels are really interesting. And, uh, um, you know, you've got these big scenes of hundreds of guys marching by, and it's there in the rain. And the, the color, like the color and the, the ink is perfect all the time, but the color like mutes down and gets into sepia tones and stuff like that. Uh, look at these trees even like I just, there was a lot of love that went into developing these, these panels and stuff like that. So, okay. The story, this is where it gets controversial because just, just trying to say anything about a Confederate who is the protagonist is difficult. We're talking about the American civil war. If you've ever seen cold mountain, I think you can find something to identify with a Confederate protagonist in a story. Uh, more often than not, your Confederate protagonist is not going to own slaves, or if they are, they're going to decide to let them go or something, or free them, or get them out of the country. Who the hell knows? But, like, this is a true story. Patrick Claiborne was a... Um, he was a private in the English army when he decided, when he retired from that, he like finished his term of service and he and his orphaned brothers and sisters moved to Helena, Arkansas before the civil war. He was a lawyer there. He made, he had some really great friends and uh, they all settled into the community and they fell in love with the place. And then the civil war started uh, and he was like, I'm going to fight for the Confederacy because this is my home. People are going to come down here. They're going to, we, they can just leave us alone, let us separate, but they're not going to do that. They're going to come here. They're going to take our places. They're going to, they're going to force us into doing things we don't want to do. Uh, we'll, we'll be subser- we'll be subservient to this overpowering North and, um, he ended up becoming a general very quickly. He became really good friends with William Hardy, who was a major American or U.S. military figure who wrote a wrote the book on how to be a soldier, uh, and even invented the hat, the Hardy hat that a lot of officers wore. Um, he became friends with Leonidas Polk. Uh, these guys ended up in Braxton Bragg's army defending uh, the West. What you get into is this business of all of the army activity that happened in the East with Lee and eventually Grant. Grant started in the West. This story takes place in the West. And the controversy here is that Patrick Claiborne had an idea. Why are we not utilizing the black Southerners oh, in our military? No. We so he he got a group of commanders together uh, and was like, hey, look, I'm going to do a presentation. I think we should be fighting side by side with these folks. We should train them to be part of our army. They are fighting for their homes. They're fighting for a country. They'll be freed on the other end of this. 
And I've I've taken this idea, thinking about the magnanimity that Abraham Lincoln planned on showing during the reconstructed uh during the Reconstruction era, and I'm like, it's just, it's terrible that he was assassinated in the idea that having him as a leader to try in his second term in an effort to try to, like, put the country back together, I think that that leadership would have been invaluable. And right. then, because, you know, his vice president was extraordinarily hard on the Southerners following Lincoln's assassination, I think that the possibility that Patrick Claiborne's idea could have worked would have changed race relations in this country. I think that the hard part of it was that white Southerners did not perceive black people as remotely equal. They insisted that servitude was the appropriate place for black folks at the time and they didn't see any way to get past that Claiborne's idea could possibly have had these guys fighting side by side shoulder by shoulder living together serving together looking after one another to a point where we could all have seen one another as human at a certain point Um, and it didn't happen these guys, these these commanders were like, no, there's no way we're going to do that. There was a lot of argument against it, uh, and Claiborne hoped that his, I guess, memo basically would have been passed through, uh, through his through Joe Johnston's com, uh, command staff and gone on to Richmond and looked at by the Confederate Congress, but that did not happen. And through, you know, over the, this story takes place over the last year of his life. He comes up with this idea and then he goes with William Hardy to his wedding where Claiborne meets a woman that he falls in love with and they start courting one another. Um, And he, he makes friends with the son, the young, young son of uh, one of the, prominent Mobile, Alabama families who really, really wants to be a drummer boy. Uh, On one of his trips back to Mobile to see his fiancée, this kid stows away on the steamer boat with him and goes back, and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll make you a drummer boy. Because by this point... Like, we've heard of Stonewall Jackson, right? Correct. As an American figure, whether he was a Confederate or a Union officer, which he was before the war. Claiborne is considered the Stonewall of the West. He, he, like, his army never, never, or his his, his, uh, unit never really retreated. It always had successes. He believed in his men, his men believed in him, and he was a celebrity, uh, to a certain degree, like when they were in Alabama, like everybody was like, oh, my God, Claiborne's here. And so is William Hardy. And they were just known figures. So the idea that he would put himself out there in an effort to try to equalize, hopefully garnering like 300,000 new soldiers into the war in what became the last year of the war he's putting his entire reputation on the line, but he believed in it. And 
unfortunately, that did, that isn't what happened. I don't think personally that the Confederacy would have won the war even with the last year that they had if they'd said, yeah, the Jefferson Davis president to the Confederacy would have said, yeah, let's do it. We're going to sign up all of these all of these people, and we're going to train them, and blah, 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 blah. It would have taken them a year to get there, and by that time, the war was going to be over. Uh, but I think that having passed it would have looked good. It would have looked better anyways. Ultimately, what happens is that Claiborne was having trouble with his new commander, uh, John Bell Hood, who, had, who was suffering from a lot of injuries after Gettysburg and a lot of other times his Texas brigade had been cut out a whole lot. He was made a division commander and he was throwing all of these guys into a meat grinder until they got to the battle of Franklin, Tennessee, which is just South of Nashville. And that's where Claiborne was killed. And I got to say, by the time I got to that point in the story, I was, I was just torn up completely. Um, there, the bloody reality of these battles is very well depicted. Uh, there are, by the time they get to that, get there, they know that they are like facing a union army that they're not going to be able to defeat. And they know they're just getting plugged out. Like you guys have to succeed. You have to succeed. And like, everything's breaking down. We're out of food. We're out of shoes. We're out of, munitions, ammunition. I mean, it just gets, it just gets hard. I'm not really spoiling anything. Cause I don't know how many people are going to find this book, but like the, you think about like the walking dead and you think about the watchman and you think about a lot of books that we really like and seeing how violence is depicted in its gory reality, seeing these guys get blown to pieces in the last 20 or 30 pages guts, blood. I mean, this doesn't have to have a comics code authority. It's, it's well depicted here that these men's lives were all being wasted in this battle. Uh, it was a crazy situation. The union had three lines of breastworks, meaning they could like stand or sh and shoot, uh, behind some, some cover. The Confederates were marching in they were totally kicking ass. they, they they routed the first line of union union troops so that the union troops had to shoot into their own troops to even be able to hit the confederates or let them get across the line and then fight them hand to hand yeah. and it was absolutely brutal uh all of his friends get killed virtually out from under him his horse gets shot out from under him after he's taken another shell, he got shot in the mouth in 1862. So he's like got these memories of wounds. And then the drummer boy, the drummer boy rushes a cannon in time for it to go off and just eviscerate this kid. He's instantly just blown to pieces. And uh, I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's just trying to depict the horror of war. I have many other books about Patrick Claiborne I want to read that may depict this even further. But um, likewise, we have Claiborne's friend, Nate, who is a 
Friedman, who has joined the rebel cause, and uh, they eventually encounter some... They're Confederates, and if you've ever seen Glory, you you might remember the part of the movie where they're called out in the neck, in the rain one night and said, you know, there's been a decree passed by the Confederate Congress that colored troops will be executed or returned to slavery, and their officers, who will most notably be white, will be executed for leading an insurrection against the Confederate States. And... Uh, they all stay there. The 54th Massachusetts all stay there. But like in this story, they capture some uh, Union black soldiers and Claiborne stops these soldiers, st- stops Confederate troops from executing them. And uh, it just gets hard. You see somebody who has a dream of trying to find a way to equalize the world a little bit and it's not being taken seriously until literally like two weeks before the war is, is at its conclusion. And by then it's, it's no good. It's too late. Like, Hey, we're going to lose the war. We might as well try to look good to the rest of the world and save, you know, Hey, let's do this. And we're not abolishing slavery, but we're saying we're going to let there be black soldiers. It just, it didn't work. You know, the possibility for a little bit of, gracious uh, international attention or maybe not coming off looking like a an entirely racist society. It was just, it was already too late by the time the war started, I think. And it's a mess. It's a, it's a mess to this day. I just look at this as being, being one of those lost opportunities that could have changed race relations in our country. How did you even find this book, man? Um, well, I mean, I'm in, I'm interested in the per, I'm interested in the person of Patrick Claiborne. So you get online and you look at stuff, and it's like, where can I read about him? Where can you, you find a book and order it on Amazon? And then I realized, oh wait, what? There's a graphic novel about him, and that fascinated me. That's awesome. uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, uh, Justin Murphy did the story in pencils. Uh, he doesn't have much of a bio here, but there's a bio for all of the people who worked on this and they all have a lot of passion projects. Uh, and, uh, I gotta say he's very, very talented. It's kind of astonishing to me that he hasn't, we haven't seen him do a lot more illustrations in a lot of other places, but like I say, it's a small press book, uh, and it's glossy. It's beautiful. It's heavyweight. Uh, it, this is it's full color. Like this, this is a expensive, beautiful piece of work. Uh, and I'm not kidding. Like I'm, I'm, I'm emotional right now. Even thinking about how this came down, I just I visited his. I visited the Franklin Battlefield last year when I went to Nashville with my girlfriend, uh, after the movie we talked about earlier, American underdog, yeah. we were delivered costumes back to Nashville and, uh, and, uh, it's a touching place anyway. Yeah. Um, this was a fantastic book. I'm going to read it again and again, and I'm always going to be happy that I've got it. And I feel lucky I've got a signed copy. And if I ever get to meet the guy put who put it together, I'm just going to be thrilled, but he's not, 
probably showing up at conventions, you know? Way to pick a home run to send us off, man. What a great story. Yeah, it's a hard deal. Uh, I hope that our, our, our minefielders can appreciate, you know, the concept and the content. And, uh, I mean, let me know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I get a lot of hate for, uh, for promoting this, this, this book, but, uh, you know, let me know. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Well, I'd like to read it, man. Uh, you got it off Amazon? Uh, yeah, I think I, yeah, it's a thrift books. So it's, it's one of the Amazon, uh, one of the companies that Amazon seems to have absorbed thrift books. Yeah. Everyone's up in arms about what they did to comiXology. Apparently like the search functions and like the intuitiveness is gone because, uh, Amazon Mm. already owned it, but then when they completely fully assimilated it last week, that fucked up the search functions and recommendations Patton Oswalt was like fuck you I mean he didn't flat out say it but what his responses were were pretty bad <laughs> but like like who else has better apps because this is garbage like he even posted like uh, executives from Marvel DC and Image all reached out to him like hey we can tell you where to find this stuff but like Comixology was really special um, and uh, hopefully they listen and fix it I don't know man like but that's that's all I got in the camp for night man I'm not a guess Right on, right on. How do you feel, Tony? I'm doing good, man. But can, yeah, I think I'm done with all my books for the evening. Yeah, I had some, I had some, <laughs> I had some other ones. And they were just they didn't have the talking points like the the rest of them. And the books, I'm surprised you said that you weren't excited about the books that came out today because Fantastic Four number forty came out. Silver Surfer showed up and said, "Yo, I can't help you with whatever the fuck you're dealing with," because me and all the other Heralds of Galactus are going to go find all the broken pieces of him and resurrect him. Um, what else? <laughs> uh, new Death of Wolverine. Death, uh, the Ten Deaths, whatever the fucking title it is. But uh, we guess Yeah, apparently that's two different stories completely, I found out. They're intertwined. Yeah, yeah they're, they're intertwined. I was getting the Omega Red one. I picked up freaking Death Sub and freaking it was uh, Moira McTaggart's story. Yeah, yeah, Moira is an integral part of everything that's going on. Because, uh, well, we'll get into it next week. We'll get into that next week. Uh, the key part of the uh, cipher of the story came out today. So, that's all I got, guys. Whose turn is it? Tony's. Sweet. All right. This is dangerous. This has been Minefields. This transmission is over. Absolutely. Buy the Afghan scarf available at minefields.com. <laughs> <laughs>